Listener Production. Wall Street celebrates better than expected inflation figures. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Thursday ahead of the release of Chinese trade data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday, the 13th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a night. It was exciting, wasn't it, Tom? New South Wales won a game. <laughs> you know what we're doing with sport? I've heard mixed commentary on that or feedback, Tom. I've Have heard you? people don't mind a little bit of it, but yeah. as long as it's not too much. I'm an avid follower of the Tour de France. I, I watch all of the replays in the evening right, because it's one of the days when I can be bothered staying up till two. Um, so perhaps there are people that do the same with the state of origin. So we must be mindful of the gentle listener that is also going to be watching that replay this afternoon. Indeed. Well, congratulations yeah. to the Blues. Nonetheless, they finally <laughs> won a game when it doesn't matter. Careers forward notwithstanding. Uh, all right. So, look, last night, really the most important risk event of the week was navigated and it was a good outcome. Stocks moved higher. Bond yields fell. The S&P 500 rose 0.7%. The NASDAQ, arguably most sensitive to interest rate movements, up 1.2%. And the Dow Jones was up by a third of a percent. And of course, uh, the move lower that we saw for US Treasuries, Ryan, that was particularly encouraging. So a two-year Treasury note down by 15 basis points to 4.75%, and a 10-year down by 12 basis points to 3.86%. So in human language, that's a big fall for long and short-term interest rates, which are represented by two- and 10-year government bonds all at the hands of those better inflation numbers, Ryan. Well, Tom, what we did see was the slowdown in US inflation really bolster speculation. The US Federal Reserve is close to ending its interest rate hikes. Markets still expect one more 25 basis point rate increase at the Fed's July policy meeting. So it's too early to pop the champagne, but it's not too early to start chilling the bottle, Tom. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever too early to have champagne. It's a dignified beverage that has its place any time of the night or day. But um, you're right, those outer months in terms of the pricing for uh, interest rate moves have become now less certain. You'd still be panning in a, a, another quarter of a percent next month. Absolutely. And if you look at the Fed's forecast, they've got two, but it really all hinges on what happens with inflation from here. And what we did see last night was the consumer price index lift by 0.2%, both the headline and the core, which excludes volatile food and energy items. And the core numbers stood out because that's what the US Federal Reserve tends to focus on. And the core rose by 0.16%. I love my two decimal places. Uh, something of a yo-yo ma when it comes to decimal places. <laughs> but the um, let, let's just talk in broad terms so humans can understand what is going on here. So the core rate of inflation, which removes those things that bounce around a little bit, and, and incidentally are the things that we rely on heavily, like food and energy. Uh, when you take that out of the picture, the core rate of inflation fell from 5.3% to 4.8%. The bottom line here is that the market was expecting a figure around 5%. So it was, and that was the lowest level since October 2021. But with the monthly number, that was the smallest increase to two decimal places since <laughs> February 2021. So what we saw with the core number was airfares down by 8.1%. I wish that would happen in Australia. We also saw shelter categories. So if you look at things like rent, that slowed modestly. And used car prices were up 0.5%. 
We did see apparel prices lift another 0.3%, but new car prices were unchanged. So broadly, there were soft gains in food prices, declines in used vehicle and airline prices, and that helped keep a lid on inflation, but those shelter prices continue to rise. They do, but I suppose also things that we need to be mindful of is the rate of change. The rate of change with all of those measures uh, is, is quite encouraging. Like used car prices, for example, in the pandemic, those prices were just like stratospheric. And to see those uh, moderating is, whilst it's probably less meaningful, it is a sign that things can revert back towards a, a more sustainable level, I suppose. Absolutely. And if you look at the headline number, which eased to 3%, that was the lowest level that we have seen since March 2021. But there was those base effects from yep. June last year when we saw inflation at around 9%. So energy prices have come back a bit. Just quickly, so a base effect. So the what we're talking about there is the comparison to the result 12 months ago. So that was a very high outcome. This is a low outcome. So you could argue that the result is magnified slightly by virtue of comparison to a much bigger number a year Certainly ago. Certainly for the headline number and encouragingly on the core front, we did see core goods prices drop 0.1% with used car prices down 0.5%. So what we are seeing is a continuation of a slowdown in demand for goods, so less online shopping and core services grew 0.3%, the slowest pace in months. So what this all suggests is that we are seeing a slowdown or disinflation across a broad segment of categories. So the share of categories experiencing outright deflation in America is growing with 44% of spending categories experiencing monthly price declines. And now 42% of spending categories are showing annualized monthly price growth of above 4%. That's down from 69% in February. So we're heading in the right direction. We've still got some work to do from the US Central Bank, but certainly a slowing US economy and the interest rate hikes that we've seen, 500 basis points, appears to be working. So quite a compelling set of numbers which investors seized upon almost immediately, Ryan. So, for example, the KBW Bank Index, you saw our bank stocks respond immediately. And in the early part of the session, that index was up by around 3%. Uh, moderated a little bit towards the end of the day. It was up by about a percent at the close. But still, this is bumping along a level that's sort of been at for the last couple of months. The challenge is that there are regulators talking about needing to raise more capital for financial institutions. But fundamentally, when your customer base is under less duress uh, with a moderation in inflation, that's going to be a positive as far as lenders are concerned. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is actually had a nice improvement as well. It was up by around 2%. The S&P Home Builders ETF. Now, this is interesting. Um, over the course of the session, it was uh, up by about 1.7%. But in the last month, that index is up by around 17%. So that's not only a, a reflection of better uh, inflationary outcomes. It's also a reflection of conditions for home builders in terms of moderation of the prices that we've heard about in terms of the inputs into into home building. So, you know, these are the sorts of smaller indicators around the circle um, that you need to look at that give you a fuller picture of what's going on. And we heard from the US Federal Reserve last night, it reported its Beige Book, yes. which is a survey of various regions across the United States in terms of their economic activity. 
And they concluded that overall economic activity increased slightly since late May. So what this all shows is the US economy is being incredibly resilient despite these rate hikes. So in terms of uh, other prices that we saw overnight, the US dollar was able to pull back quite a bit over the course of the session, and that lifted most other currencies. But it had quite a profound impact where commodity prices were concerned. So they were generally higher. Brent was up by about a percent in terms of oil prices to $80.11 US a barrel. Gold futures rose by 1.3% or $24.60 an ounce to $1,961 US dollars per ounce. And iron ore futures were up by 1.2% to $110.61. Ryan, that move lower for the US dollar was quite compelling as well, wasn't it? It was. It moved lower to a 15-month low. And what we did see there, as you mentioned, Tom, was broad-based support for commodity prices. This happened in tandem with stronger credit data out of China. So what we saw yesterday was that new loans in China accelerated. So that credit pulse, which is generally good for activity, particularly in manufacturing and industrial activity, that led to much better outcomes when it comes to commodities. So we saw the slide in the US dollar propel copper to a two and a half week high, for example, it was up by 2.4%. And Ryan, we should quickly touch on the fact that the Bank of Canada overnight raised rates by a quarter of a percent to 5% and invoked a phrase that we're quite familiar with, that if information suggests we need to do more, we are prepared to increase policy rates further. We heard from Governor Tiff Macklem, one of my favourite governors around global central banks. In terms of names. Indeed. Lael Brainerd is mine. And the comment there was, but we don't want to do any more than we have to. So clearly the Bank of Canada is data dependent, but inflation remains too high. So they're going to look at the incoming data and the outlook for inflation going forward, which is very similar to the Reserve Bank. And we heard from them yesterday. Yep. In fact, probably similar to every other central bank on the face of the planet. So also let's just quickly reflect on Governor Lowe. Could have been his last public speech yesterday. It could have been. And the important outtake from that one was that they're uncertain about their path of interest rate hikes from here. And it's going to be data dependent. And certainly what we did hear yesterday was the fact that there is still a tightening bias, but it's become more dovish, the commentary there. But importantly, what we did hear from them was there has been a review of the Reserve Bank in terms of its operations. And from February 2024, the board will meet eight times a year rather than 11 times. The governor will hold a media press conference after each board meeting to explain the decision and the quarterly statement of monetary policy will be released at the same time as the outcome of the board meeting in February, May, August and November. So not dissimilar to what we see with the US Federal Reserve and the regular press conferences that Jerome Powell handles very well. He's a master at wrangling as a journalist. So today, Ryan, as we start the session, the Aussie dollar has put on about a cent against the greenback, uh, reflecting the drop in uh, US interest rates overnight, which pulled the green back lower. Uh, today, a bit of a quieter day. Indeed, we've got an update from Net Wealth Group. It releases earnings, not much on the economic data front from Australia, but Chinese trade data will feature. So look out for that. We're expecting to see a continuation of sluggish trade growth in China, and that could move the needle when it comes to commodity prices. Indeed. So thank you very much for tuning in this morning. Have a wonderful Thursday. Drop a comment. 
uh, give us some suggestions. Tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try to improve it for you. Thanks again. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.